Hi, everybody. I'm Sunny, and this is We Gotta Talk, a live weekly digital talk show and podcast where we like to dig deep. Real talk, big topics. Now, let's dig in. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of We Gotta Talk, where it's all about real talk on big topics. You know, we have some guests on the show that have become regulars, part of the We Gotta Talk family, and today's guest is in that category. I am so excited to welcome back Lumi Palinku, who is an astrologer, an energy healer, a transformation coach. She has been working in these fields for the past 10 years, and she's partnered with brands like Well and Good, Brides, Cosmopolitan, Chloe, Shape Magazine, The Observer, Nylon, and much more. She's pretty much telling us what to expect in our lives in the year 2023. We love doing our astrological look ahead. It's one of my favorite shows of the year because not only does it help us anticipate what is going to come, but it also helps us sort of like reflect on what the last year has brought us. And we know that we can't move forward without digesting the lessons of years past. So welcome, Lumi, to We Gotta Talk. Welcome back, I guess I should say. So happy to be back. I, wow, I feel like, this year went by like in a minute. Can't believe I know. it. It's crazy. Yeah. I feel like we connected right around the 2020 mark, which was a pivotal year for the entire world, obviously. And you and I, you were really helping us to kind of like work through what was happening on the grand scale of things. And it's crazy that it feels only like yesterday when everything was literally just going to pot, like just going crazy. And here we are looking ahead to 2023. And for some reason, it still feels a little chaotic in the world. And I want it to not, Lumi, but it does. Yeah, we're going through like a lot of um, readjusting, you know, as, as to the new paradigm of our reality and getting more grounded. If you were to compare the status, like the energetic status of Earth to like the growth of a like typical human being, are we like in like the teenage years, the crazy teenage years. Are we still a baby? Like where is, where are we as a civilization on our I collective spiritual journey? Yeah. I believe we're like, um, just getting past the toddler phase. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> we have so much left to screw up Lumi. That's scary. Yeah. It's like more of like, um, the grasping of new information. Like what is reality to you? Like, is this really digestible to me? Like, it's like more along the lines of adolescent face that I'm thinking, like yeah. in terms of the collective. And now, what I want to just kind of look at astrology as a practice before we dive into specific themes. And guys, just a heads up, if you haven't seen anything on social media, we are getting very granular and specific. So we're going to go sign by sign and we're going to give you two themes that you can expect in the new year. Because I know when people listen to these, not a lot of us know what, it, what we're looking at when we see charts or what things mean. So Lumi's going to really break that down. Down specifically for you. So stay tuned for that. But I just want to dive back in, Lumi, to why astrology is uh, such a, like a, a time-loved, not, I don't want to say tradition, but practice. Like people have been looking to the skies for thousands of years for answers. Mm -hmm. Tell us why we are drawn to this practice. Well, astrology, it it touches a, a really uh, vulnerable part of us, really. Like when we do research more in terms of understanding our own personality makeup, we look at astrology. Like, why am I like this? Why is that person like this? Usually astrology, the sun sign that is, it's only surface level in terms of the information, where in fact, if you do look into your birth chart, it's more in depth and more um, real and authentic in terms of what you could find out in terms of understanding how you can learn about yourself and even how to bridge more of the connections with other people. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. So astrology is really, um, it's a wonderful modality when it comes to creating more of a compassionate space of understanding of other people and as well as for your own self. Yeah. So I love that element of it. And we've talked a lot about modalities in the past that help us to not only like learn about, but also accept parts of ourselves that can feel like flaws, right? So astrology yeah. is just, to me, a great sort of add on to all these ways that we can discover ourselves. But are we to believe really, though, that the alignment of the planets, like, is it like a stamp on our soul when we're born kind of? And how, like, how, how does that actually work? So how it works in our birth charts, it is a, um, I like to say it's like a mirror as to what we brought into this lifetime to master. So mm -hmm. in fact, our birth charts, 
it's not set in stone where you're meant to like live out these specific themes forever. It's just meant to help you step out of that script and create the life that you want besides repeating those patterns. Does that make sense? Yeah, I know when you and I did a reading recently, you were like, okay, this is what I'm seeing, but this is by no means a prediction. Like you're going to walk outside tomorrow and you know something's going to happen. So I like that. There is an element of free will there still. It's yeah. not like a fortune telling as much as it is like a roadmap kind no. of. Well, that's not how I roll as an astrologer. Like there may be major milestones that we all go through in terms of our birth charts. Like if ever like an incoming, for instance, like a forecast, like if you have, if you have an astrologer do a forecast for you, they usually pinpoint specific themes that you may go through, but they can't pinpoint exactly what's going to happen to you. Perhaps some part of you will grasp the concepts when you actually go through it. Does that make sense to you with what I'm saying? Like, so if there's like a major transit, for instance, like if there's like a Pluto transit, we're going to talk about that later, even like with the um, America's birth chart. (laughs) So if ever you're going through like something major, like a Pluto transit, for instance, that's something that's temporary, Mm -hmm. but it creates meaningful impact in your life to learn from the lessons. And then you can live more authentically because of that. So that's how astrology works. When those big things happen to you, it's meant to reconfigure you as a soul, to walk upon the path of more authenticity, more grace, more composure and understanding for yourself and as well as for others. Writing that down. Hold on one second. That was really good. Um, Okay. So let's start with the collective, not predictions, but sort of path for America. And then we'll get sign by sign. So last year when we talked, you discussed at length, women's issues and rights being something that would come up as not necessarily a challenge for our country, but a pivotal time. And wow, Lumi, when we look back at the overturning of Roe v. Wade, the Dobbs ruling, in other words, when we look at the uprising that's happening currently in Iran, where women are fighting for basic freedoms, you really hit the nail on the head last year. Yeah, that had to do with, um, so I mentioned this last year, it's called the nodal points. We have Basically, the nodal points is the space between our planet Earth and between the poles of the moon. So that's called the lunar nodes. So what happened last year into this year, the nodes shifted into the Taurus-Scorpio axis. So Scorpio was the anchoring point of those women issues. So that's the south node. Now, south node is an indicator of past. Just really screwing everything up? Oh, (laughs) It's past, is that what it is? Okay. Issues. It's the venom that we haven't really um, understood. Like the venom, I like to say, because it's Scorpio. It's like the end of the tail um, mm-hmm. of the South Node part. So it's like the basically the unresolved issues that we've come across that we have to recircle back into figuring out as to what we need to do to fix that. Basically. That's so interesting because not to get too like specific. Um, about the Dobbs ruling, but, you know, I did a series of episodes after Roe v. Wade was overturned and sort of understanding what this ruling meant. And what a lot of people who were in support of pro-choice beliefs would say is, yes, we want to get back there and get those rights, but we want to get them back in the right way. The way that this came through the first time was not the right, and the foundation of the home wasn't built correctly. If we want this to be an evergreen right, maybe this obstacle, maybe this challenge that's been presented in the form of the Dobbs ruling is only going to sort of curve us along the path of doing it the right way next Mm -hmm. time to actually make sure that it's a a forever protected, right? So it's interesting you say that because I, it wouldn't have occurred to me like, you know, being raised in a time where that right existed, that maybe it wasn't laid on the most solid of foundations. And this year really proved to us that rights are worth nothing if they're not set in the proper foundation. Right. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. So tell us what we can expect, generally speaking, as a country, as a civilization in 2023. You talk about U.S., right? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So for United States, we're going through our final wave of Pluto return. So we had one earlier this year, back in February. Um, Pluto return is, just to remind you all from last year when we talked about this, it's um, the review as to what is the identity of this country. Pluto, just to give you the general themes of Pluto, what it's about, it's meant to regenerate us. 
It's meant to um, dissolve what's no longer working with us, not aligning. And whenever Pluto does go into a return, it's an indicator of something really shifting into some new paradigm as to how this country will be expressing itself. So in this case, it will be in the, um, the second house of the United States birth chart. So that's an indicator of finances. The foundations of this country will be reviewed. At some things involving like the entire identity makeup of this country will undergo lots of changes in this case. Now, where do you, yeah. where do you see that? If I could hop in quickly, where do, where do you see that manifesting? Change as a country, maybe culturally speaking? I know that um, mm-hmm. we had a lot of pivotal cultural moments over the past several years too, where people have had occasion to sort of re-examine their beliefs or prejudices or systems. So when you say that that change is still on the horizon, is there anything in the in the charts that indicates in what realm that'll exist? You said finances for sure, but what yeah. what else is it showing? Also in terms of like how we are generating this country based on like the agriculture of the country. So it could be in terms of how we are storing fuel, how we are like uh, excavating fuel, those kind of things. Now in terms of the culture with um, the cultural makeup, I have this chart right in front of me just to show you or just to demonstrate to you. Yeah. Um, whenever Pluto is in the second house um, in general for a person as well as for United States birth chart, this is the reevaluation as to like how we are working with money. It might go through influx, like fluctuations of like how we are registering money. So just as fast as it comes in, that's how fast it goes out. So mm. there, might, there might be a little bit of instability when it comes to our economy in this case. And yeah, and there won't be a need for um, reviewing as to how we'll be generating money from there on. So it'll be more innovative because Pluto will be going to the sign of Aquarius. Now, in this case, we might have to go through innovative means of jumpstarting our economy once again. So like we just did that. <laughs> yeah, it's very similar to like the Gilded Age. Like if you go back... This is what happened when Pluto went to the Aquarius uh, sign um, because Capricorn, like Pluto was in Capricorn when this country was born. Now it's just like the review of basically like how we're going to be helping our country grow again or help our country um, jumpstart, so to speak. Wow. That's interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. What else for a big theme for the U.S. and then we'll move on to sign by sign. Mm Mm-hmm. So for the big theme for the U.S., uh, we have to look at Jupiter. So uh, Jupiter's in the sign of Aries. So in this case, this will be something involving like our, our catering to children. Children, their, yeah, children, their schooling, how they're being educated, reconfiguring the, uh, the state of how they're learning these systems of education. My gosh, this this aligns so much with the discussion on CRT, the banning of books. I know that's so timely, Lumi. Wow. And I know I always say this because it's like, oh, you are right. But there's a lot of discussions. You're, you're right. Even happening right now on how our children are learning, what they're learning, what they should be exposed to, what they shouldn't be exposed to. So this really is, is hitting home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Jupiter, it's like... The thing about Jupiter is like it's a it's a year long transit, but it does create like some kind of wave an awareness of what we need to pay attention to. Basically, the Pluto is more long standing because it takes long to move, but Jupiter's like one year, and Saturn's like now we can talk about Saturn because Saturn's all like a longer. Yeah. Let me just ask one quick question on what you said in regards to education. So based on what you're seeing the chart say is going to happen and how it's impacting systems of education, what advice do you give to parents, sort of people involved in children's lives? Like, does this mean that we need to be more involved, less involved? Like what, how do you guide people with advice based on that? I'd say, um, yeah, get more involved, but also teach your kids to be very independent in their way of thinking. Not to believe what anybody's telling them all the time. Be more discerning as to the information they are receiving. I hope I'm making sense with what yes, I'm because no, Aries energy, are. yeah, because Aries energy is very independent. And in fact, um, the one thing about we have to look out for also in terms of the U.S. birth chart, U.S. also has one asteroid that's going through a return as well. It's called Chiron. So Chiron's healing. It's like a wounding as well as the seeking the bomb as to what we need to heal. 
Now, Chiron is in the fifth house of the U.S.'s birth chart. So we go through a constant, um, a constant reevaluation as to the youth of this country, as well as like how we are connecting with other people relation wise. So in other words, teach your kids to be more independently think like to become more independent thinkers. Yes. But also host a more compassionate way of receiving information as well as extending information for other people. So there might be like, since the Chiron will be returning as well with the U.S.'s birth chart, something will definitely unfold involving children more so. Like, I don't know why that kind of freaks me out to hear, but yeah. <laughs> you know, anything that involves kids and yes, how they're molded and growing is, is yeah. a pause for paying attention. Yeah. It's a little, um, it's a bit controversial, <laughs> the Chiron and Aries, because Chiron and Aries stays there for a very long time. It's one of the longest transits that Chiron endures. So whenever we're going through a Chiron transit for ourselves personally, we grow so much. We go through like really excruciating, painful moments, but then, then it creates some kind of level of compassion and perseverance within ourselves to improve. Mm -hmm. So for the U.S.'s birth chart, going back to your question, something involving kids will come up to the surface. Something involving the kids, how they're developed, how we should mold them to think a certain way. That's going to undergo lots of review. This is just so timely. I can't, I could talk about this for the whole thing. Okay. Anyway, let's, let's just, let's wrap up the collective look ahead and that's hop, then let's hop into Aries, which is the first sign that we're going to deep dive on. Okay. So for the collective, um, we could definitely look into Saturn and that's a really interesting, um, transit to look at because Saturn takes a little longer to move. And that's more of the general collective theme that we all go through. So Saturn's been the sign of Aquarius for the last two and a half years, mm -hmm. and it will be shifting to the sign of Pisces. Now let's go back to what I mentioned last year about how Saturn was an Aquarius, verified badges, accreditations. Do you remember that? Yes. Um, and like Elon Musk is reverberating in my mind right now, as you're saying this, yeah, okay, keep going. This Editing, is crazy. Um, like basically reevaluating our ways of travel, our ways of how we're going to be traveling, um, like the verified uh, passports, like some, we have to like update our passports basically. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> so that's one part of it. Now that Saturn's going to be going to the sign of Pisces, this is going to be involving our ways of how we want to make our dreams a reality. There might be a little bit of escapist culture that might happen. Um, the rise of narcotics and psychedelic drugs might be legalized, something to that effect. And I can't say like set in stone by what I'm saying, but something to the point where people will want to have these substances readily accessed may be the case. The last time this happened, Saturn was in Pisces, was around 1996, 1998. So it was like the pop culture era. Mm -hmm. It was very floral, very 70s, like very... Um, psychedelic. Like that's how I like to say. So there's also a chance that ayahuasca retreats will be more of a, like a norm, like as a way of people to seek out wisdom or healing of some way. So anything that involves like the escapist route, maybe the go-to for lots of people. I'm not saying it's the right thing to do, right. but it's just people were wanting like to seek out some kind of uh, like inspiration or um, some clarity. Tape. Yeah, just imagination, you know, getting lost into it. Wow, that's so yeah. fascinating. It's very otherworldly um, energy, you know? It's the what? It's a very otherworldly energy um, when Saturn's in Pisces, you know? Okay, good to know. Yeah. Okay, all right, let's move on to sign by sign. Um, we're going to start with Aries, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So we, I'm going to have you read these two themes. And guys, we have, if you're not watching and you're not seeing this right now, tune into the video and you can kind of get all the details, but we're going to do two themes per sign. So what are the two for Aries, Lumi? So for Aries, um, Jupiter will be in your first house and your seventh, your second house. So what this means is you're going to be going through lots of reinvention of yourself and as well as showing your true nature to the world. Be confident in your approach to life. Um, be bold and be brave when it comes to decisions involving your finances so you increase your wealth by reinventing yourself. 
And you also, with the shedding the layers of old patterning, that has to do with your Saturn, like the Saturn being placed in your 11th house and as well as your 12th house. Mm -hmm. So what this means is you'll have to um, start reevaluating who you're letting into your life, whether they are, you know, measuring to your expectations or if they're uplifting you. There's just a need for reevaluation as to whether they are aligned with you as of now. So that's where it starts for you to shed those old patterning, like just to start reevaluating your true nature to start honing in on your authenticity. Yeah. It sounds like a call to Aries people to, yeah, like you said, find your true self, kind of go sink in, find yourself and go back. Yeah. No, it's, it's beautiful. I mean, good year for you <laughs> when it good. comes to owning oh, your space. Love yeah. that. Okay. Taurus is next. Let's go over that one. All right. So Taurus, um, Jupiter will be in your 12th house for the remainder of 2022 into 2023. It will be going into your first house. So you're very similar to Aries in some aspect, um, some aspect here, but even more so you're going to have such a huge confidence building year for yourself. And even the nature of your networks and friendships will also be undergoing lots of review. Now, in this case, um, when it comes to showing your true colors, um, this has something to do with what you've been regenerating for the last couple of years. So it might have been um, you're going through a new vocation and even measuring up to your vocation by your true passions. So in other words, whatever it was that you've been like leaving the back burner for some time when it comes to your gifts, it's time to step forward and share it with the world confidently. I love that. Sorry. I have a lot of Tauruses in my life, so I'm like mentally taking notes. Okay. <laughs> Gemini is next. Okay. So uh, Jupiter's in your 10th house and into the 11th house for a little bit. So in this case, um, your career is definitely going to be taking a huge upward spin. So in other words, you have to become more um, reinventive in your approach to your career. You may be feeling drawn to starting to like uh, create more innovation in terms of what you're doing with your career. Um, also, you have to hone in on your gifts to support your career venture because may have been very um, drawn to just helping other people in terms of supporting their ventures, but it's time for you to step forward and be confident in your approach to sharing your gifts with the world. I love that. And building stronger foundations, does that mean like doubling down on where they are now, or does it mean like expanding our opportunities? Yeah, it's actually um, becoming more foundation-based. Yes, okay. become more organized because you're going to start new in terms of what you want to do for your career. It's a lot of people, a lot of Geminis are undergoing lots of career review for the last uh, last year into this year. They will be undergoing lots of changes in that department. So structuring down is definitely a huge thing for you. Okay. Let's move on to cancer. Okay. So for cancers, um, your year, you're going to be really, um, you're going to establish your aspirations by networking. You're going to also be want to um, create your own tribe, perhaps even work more with women or like just become more involved with your own nurturing response to life. So might be that you're going to want to start taking care of yourself by connecting more within as opposed to taking care of other people around you. So you can take care of others. Yes, but you have to refocus your attention to yourself the next year because when those, um, when you have a lot of support with the um, networking department, like if you are extending yourself outward, you might lose yourself into the networks. So it's mm -hmm. time to refocus on your self care and rituals. Okay. And what do we mean by expect shifts in personal beliefs for cancers? So for the Saturn placement, um, that's taking place in their eighth house and ninth house. So when Saturn does make its way into the ninth, you're going to be starting to review your belief systems. Um, perhaps you'll even want to go to school. You want to go back to school or even like enhance the, enhance your um, expertise in some way or form by going back to school. So Yeah. Their personal Ooh. beliefs may undergo lots of changes as well. Higher education in the house. Okay. All right. Let's move on to Leo's 2023 predictions. Okay. So for Leo, you're going to be going um, through 
lots of uh, changes with your relationships um, for the remainder of 2022 into 2023. So it's time to start uh, becoming more authoritative when it comes to knowing what you want in relationships. So that goes down to you shedding your outmoded personality makeup. That's why it's one of the captions there. And even in their career, they're going to be going through lots of vigorous changes. So in this case, they're going to want to take ownership in terms of their own career and their vocation. They'll even want to start being bold in their approach to um, starting something new in their vocation. So it could be like a book project. It could be um, it could be something involving like a total shift as to what they've been doing. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And when you say shed your outdated personality makeup, is this like a call to them to maybe, I don't know, try something new that they're, they typically wouldn't feel comfortable doing? Like, how does that look in practice? There's something about them that they're undergoing um, when it comes to how they're relating with other people. So they may be just like flowing through life in terms of people pleasing, but that Saturn, when it will make its way into its eighth house, their eighth house of the chart. They're going to definitely be going undergoing a lot of shifts with their personality makeup too. Like, so don't be surprised if you feel differently about big issues. Yeah. And even the relationships will undergo lots of changes as well. Like they'll want to start becoming more real and raw with those who they do connect with. Wow. Fascinating. Okay. Let's move on to Virgo's 2023. Okay. So for Virgo, you're going through a really interesting year. Even for you, your partnerships and long-term commitments are going to be undergoing lots of shifts. So in this case, with Saturn taking place in your seventh house of relationships, um, it's a very commitment-filled year. So it's time to step up and realize what you truly do want to attract in your relationships. So it could be like the commitment talk. You might be getting married this year there is a chance that you will be undergoing like a new phase and status of your relationship. So it's a review entirely. And now the self-development that has to do with Jupiter taking place in their eighth house. So it is um, a really, it's a really deep dive into your subconscious. Like you will be undergoing a, a deep dive into your subconscious realms. So perhaps you want to um, learn more about like what's, the triggers in your past traumas, if you have any, or if you're feeling like um, a sort of lack in terms of your feelings towards life around you, you have to just look more deeper within this year. Okay. All right. Let's move on to my favorite sign, Libra. (laughs) (laughs) So for Libra, um, in your case, Jupiter will be in your eighth house. So the reason why there was a little bit of overlap with each sign is because they all go into specific houses, um, in parallel with each other for the pre-existing sign. I hope that makes sense to you. Okay, so like there's a little bit of my of a Virgo in my yes. chart. Oh, they kind of bleed into each other. Oh, yes, they do. Okay. Yeah, they all flow into sequence here. So that's why you're probably feeling like there's some um parallels here. So yeah. for Libra, I mean, in your case, you're going to a lot, you're going to have a lot of um this refocusing in terms of your own stability wanting to increase your sense of abundance practice. And this could be in your case, switching up your, what is that you're doing in your career sector? So it's not necessarily like you're switching careers, but you have to restructure and reorganize your approach to how you are operating your career, like Mm -hmm. operating your um, tasks, management, also investing more time in your health and routines. And if you're thinking of going through a health kick this year, this is going to be a really good year for you in terms of accomplishing that goal. And good to know. It's my yeah. year to start lifting weights then, Lumi. Yeah. <laughs> I've been Absolutely. wanting to. Okay. So invest a little more time in our self-care routines is what I'm hearing. Correct. Okay. And is it just like the stars are aligned to like succeed in that? Whereas maybe mm-hmm. in the previous years, it wasn't so much of a good yes. setup. Yeah. Because Saturn's in your sixth house and it's like a, it's like a make it or break it kind of phase. So it, it will be where you are going through repurposing yourself into finally making that goal once and for all. Ooh, I love it. Okay. Let's move on to our Scorpio friends. Okay. So now your relationships are undergoing lots of, um, inflow of abundance. You're going to want to like improve your relationships. Like there's such a refocus in terms of you connecting more intimately with others. Now, 
the caption that says assess all that was created in your life that is an indicator that saturn's in your in your fourth house of home and family and emotional security is it truly aligning with you where you are now in terms of the life that you built or do you need to reconfigure and change things around in this case that's powerful so it's, a, it's an indicator that you may be moving or there's another indicator that you're going to be reinventing like your process as to who will be running the household a certain way. So there may be a drop switch, maybe one parent, if you're married, if you have a family, maybe one parent will be working when they weren't working before. So they're switching of a lot of um, positions here when That's it comes to the home. Okay. What's the advice then for the, for the Scorpio <laughs> this year? Cause it, I'm, it feels like there could be some changes coming. Like what would you advise a Scorpio. I would advise them to start communicating more, not letting the resentments um, bury within themselves for too long because Scorpios have a tendency of festering a lot. Um, even Scorpio, Scorpio risings, like this applies for Scorpio suns and Scorpio risings and also all of this. Sign. I think I'm a Scorpio rising. Yes, you are. <laughs> am I? I am too. Well, yeah. <laughs> I have like verbal diarrhea, so I don't hold on to too much for too long. But um, So yeah, in this okay. case, don't let it fester for too long. If there's something that's not aligning with you anymore, there's a chance that you have to start communicating more openly with a partner if you're in one or okay, if wait, you are stop. in a relationship. Yes. Okay, wait, stop. Because this could apply to friends, family, and relationships. So yeah. I just have to have, I'm getting some personal advice. Pause the reading for one second. Okay. So Lumi, I feel like in my relationships, I'm always the one reaching out, checking on status. How are you? Hey, let's work through this problem. And sometimes I get annoyed because I don't want to have to be that person. To me, it's a, it's a demonstration of care and love when a person does that. And I feel the Scorpio rising in me feels that other people should show up and do that for me sometimes too. I don't always want to be the fixer in other words. Yeah. So what, what do I need to do with this right now? Because I feel like I need your advice. <laughs> in your case, um, just let go. Even the, like the ones who are not picking up, if they're not really um, reciprocating your care or your nurturing, um, you'll know, you'll know the truth as to what their intentions are. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so hard to let go, Lumi. I know it's a Scorpio rising thing. I totally understand. <laughs> oh gosh. But the best way to, you know, for your health, mental health, physical, emotional health, it's the best way is to let go. Especially then, your energy. How do you know if they come back? Like, I know that's like asking you to get into like, ooh, like a crystal ball reading territory, but you know, I think people like us who, who value connection and communication and understanding, there's a real fear that if we let go, that it's going to be gone forever. It's just going to float off into the abyss. It's all in our energy, Sony. What's that? It's all in our energy. You know what I mean? Like we attract what we register inside. I believe in that firmly. I don't know if you do, but. Tell me whatever, more. Yeah. Whatever we do, um, like whatever we do, like, um, like expect the bad outcome in situations. That's usually what happens. Or if we're feeling like, yeah, they're going to be cutting off ties with us. That's usually an indicator that you attracted that situation to you. And I'm not saying it's your fault in any way if that does happen, but right. energy does attract energy. So whenever we are generating certain feelings or resentments or something that hasn't been really cleared out, usually that will be the outcome in your situation. So, so that's a call on us to do some inside work on making sure the energy that we put out is good, is open, is yeah, welcome. Clear the air, you know, clear the so air, can... speak up. You know, it's it's like if something hasn't been resolved on any outlets in life, it's best to speak up and clear the air just so you can, it can help you feel less heavy inside you, you know? And then, and then let go beyond that. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Oh gosh. Okay. All right. Thank you for the little personal. <laughs> yeah. What's that? No, because Scorpio is all about surrender. It's all about letting go. It's like not in my, that's not in my mental encyclopedia, that word. <laughs> I hear you. I tell totally you. Oh God, I'm such a control freak. Okay. Let's move on to Sagittarius for 2023. Okay. So now for you, there will be improved vitality and changes to your daily routines because Jupiter will be in your sixth house. So if you're feeling like you were really sluggish for the last couple of years, you felt really tired and drained, this will be your year, like in terms of you recovering and jumpstarting your own. Um, it could be fitness goals. It could be something to the point of you building up your own career. Like you're just starting fresh in this case mm -hmm. where Jupiter's taking place in the sixth. So 
there may be a switch in your career in this case. Now, as far as Saturn's, um, Saturn's impact for you for strength in the home and inner security. So now you have to go through this whole review as to how your home is being built. Also how you are, um, like who is like putting in more of the effort in your family? That's the question here. Ooh, it sounds like some family dynamic and like what, what roles we play in our little family hierarchies might be up for discussion for Sagittarius. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Move on to Capricorn. Okay. So for Capricorn, now your, um, your will be actually in need to expand your family. So perhaps you're going to want to like have a, you know, have another child or maybe even a creative, a creative project's definitely going to be in gestation for this year. It's a really creative packed year for you. Like it's really light, very airy. You'll feel very free to express yourself. So it's like, um, I feel like you're going to be going through a whole rebirthing stage this year in terms of your own inner child. Like you're going to feel more childlike, free play, it's just like a very light and floaty year for you. Oh, I like that. Capricorn drew the like the the good card here. They're like, yeah. we're, we're all changing. We're all letting go, having hard conversations. And Capricorn is having, having babies and floating through life. They had a hard time in 2020. So they, I think they, oh, okay. they, <laughs> they earned this. For it. Yeah, they earned this for sure. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. What do we have next? Aquarius. Okay. So for Aquarius, um, you're going to be investing in real estate, most likely, um, more inspired to start coming up with innovative means of making money this year. So it's a really powerful year in this case for you to take charge on that. And yeah, I know it's really fun. For, I, they have a fun year ahead <laughs> when it comes to the end of the list is getting all the good stuff. I know investment opportunities and all those things. I know. And also it's really going to be a great time for you to start reevaluating the skill set that you have currently. So because Saturn will be in their second house of finances. So there's going to be a review as to what you're doing with your skill set and whether it's measuring up to your expectations or not. So there is a chance that they will be obtaining some new expertise or they're going to want to start reinventing themselves in terms of their, how they want to attract new forms of income here. Hmm. And gaining skills in financial dealings. What does that mean? So it could be like they're going to be more invested in understanding financial markets. Perhaps they're going to start looking more into cryptocurrency or like innovative ways of income. Something to that effect. Awesome. Okay. And we have one more, which is Pisces. Okay. So for Pisces, um, this is a really powerful year for you to gain influence, take ownership in your area of expertise. So you may be drawn to like writing a book. You may be drawn to starting a new, uh, like a starting in like a whole new enterprise of your own career. Um, in this case, is a really powerful year when it comes to career for all signs because the reason why you saw a lot of overlays of career expansion mm -hmm. is because Jupiter's in the sign of Taurus, just to reflect back. Yeah, because um, a lot of signs had that, whether they were reflecting on what they're doing currently, professionally, or they're trying new things or going back to school. You're right. That theme yes. was interwoven through almost every sign. Yeah, because Jupiter's in Taurus. So that has to do with us building up ourselves um, and also building up new skills focusing our whole uh, priorities towards money and understanding how we're going to be working with money. So that's the reason why you saw a lot of that overlaid. So for Pisces in this case too, um, they're going to be going through a lot of like new discoveries about themselves, like their soul discovery. They're going to be wanting to like retreating more within, but also sharing their stories to other people to inspire them all. So there will likely be a lot of new influencers um, that are the Pisces sign. That's just what the world needs. Right. <laughs> More influencers. Um, yeah. Okay. No, that's interesting. Let's, I say that with only a touch of jest because I mean, clearly here we are, but, cool. um, but you know, you like when so you see someone fall in line with what their calling is. So that's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. So we covered sign by sign. We covered overall themes for the U S one thing that I did want to hit before we go, Lumi is the idea of eclipses and what they mean. So even now, and we're recording this in the end of November, 2022, we've seen all of these like big astrological events in the form of eclipses happening lately. So what are eclipses good for and what do they signify? 
So eclipses are essential for us reconfiguring our soul makeup. So in other words, whenever eclipses happen, it's inevitable for us to change, to start changing our lives, starting to take a new step, a new and courageous step in a direction that we need to take in our lives. So whenever it comes down to um, eclipse seasons, those are really auspicious times whenever we are understanding our own like needs as well as our like our authentic nature is going to be revealed around that time. So our true selves will be revealed. Even the people around us will be expressing themselves in a more truthful light. So whenever eclipses happen too for the collective, um, those are the moments in which like depending on what sign the eclipse is in usually generates like a whole wake up call for the collective. Wow. So what's a good practice to start doing when eclipses are upon us? That There's no rituals. Really... <laughs> no manifestations. No manifestations. Don't oh, do it. Oh, no. wait. Why? Because they'll like backfire? It's like, um, because we're not really in a space of starting something new just yet. We're just registering what needs to change about ourselves and what we need to invite. So it's more a moment for reflection than it is for manifestation. Yes, exactly. So I can give you an example. So the solar eclipse, if you don't know already, that's when the sun and the moon are in full alignment. The moon is completely covered. Like it's covering our vantage point of the sun. So that's like completely enveloped in darkness. Mm -hmm. So it's a super new moon. Whenever super new moons happen, that's a solar eclipse. That's what they say on like, if you watch it, you know, on TV or if you like read online, Super new moons are an indicator that we need to um, reflect more deeply within, um, understand what it is that we need to change within ourselves and to invite a new form of information as to what we need to do to change. So if you have like any ambition, any future planning in motion for you, the super new moon or new or the solar eclipse phase will help get you into that path to fulfill those goals. So what do you personally do? Sorry, Sony, go ahead. Yeah. What do you personally do when an eclipse is on the way? Is your practice like a silent meditation? Is your practice, like what does Lumi do to invite that reflection? I do often, I oftentimes do um, silent meditations and I rest a lot. I journal more. I reflect as to, depending on where it's happening in my birth chart or even for a client's, it differentiates as to what you can do with the solar eclipse or a lunar eclipse. So in this case, for um, for myself, with those two weeks time in the eclipse season, I go within. I don't usually do a lot. I usually rest. I write a lot. A lot of new information generates within us when eclipse season happens. Hmm, that's fascinating. Okay. Anything coming up before the end of this year, astrologically, that we need to be on the lookout for before 2023 officially starts? Oh, this year. Yeah. Um, Mars has been in retrograde for some time. So Mars has been in retrograde since October 25th, and it will be in retrograde until January 16th of this year, of 2023. So this will be um, us like you've probably been feeling like this lately. I don't know, but a lot of people I've been talking to, like they've been trying to focus in on like what they need to do, but they're jam packing so much different forms of tasks and information to get themselves to achieve their goals. But really it's not working for them. Yeah. You have to start with one idea at a time because Mars is in the sign of Gemini. Now Gemini is all about the mind and thinking and communicating all those things. And Mars is all about action and direction and achieving goals. But when it's in retrograde motion, I mean, you are jam packing so much useless information sometimes, or even useless tasks that won't be really working with you. So it's best to actually start with one idea at a time, as opposed to trying all these new things that other people are doing. So that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, it certainly has felt busy professionally for me personally, but um, mm-hmm. that's a good that's a good piece of advice. Um, okay, before we go, Lumi, I want to pop producer Rachel back on, who is a Leo, and I want to get her thoughts on her themes for the year with your beautiful hair today, sitting in my closet because we're in yep. the same house. Hello, it's so fun. It's like it's so fun to be in person with you, but sidebar. So yeah, Leo, I felt very strongly that everything you said was super accurate changes in career being more in control of what i'm doing in my career 
speaking up and voicing like what I want and also shedding those um, old personality makeups that are no longer serving me and, mm -hmm. and working on the relationships in my life. I feel that very strongly. <laughs> and even Sunny and I are currently working on something that could possibly change the career. Not um, possibly. Rachel, I just told you, Lumi said next year for me is an abundant sorry. professional year. So we're speaking it into, it's going to be a massive success. Yeah. <laughs> right, Lumi? Yes. I'm sure <laughs> you can actually create a, a nice business launch birth chart if you want to. Oh. Yeah, I've done that many times before for business owners. Um, it's a really great, it's called electional astrology. You could even pick a wedding day for success. You could pick, yeah, because it's technically a birth when you launch something. That's and wedding. Let's do that. No, yeah. we, we're going to need that. Yeah. Put that on the expense chart, Sonny. We're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Website, domain purchase, branding, and astrological reading. No, it makes sense though. It's like, because we're bringing something into the world. But Rach, you felt like those themes for you were pretty on point. For sure. For sure. I feel that way because a lot of, some of my different clients are shifting. So I feel like different things are going to be coming my way or it's just going to be a different year altogether than in years past, mm -hmm. at least career-wise, I can tell already. So, yeah. Lumi, I just want to round things out and Rach, stay on with us. Um, just on a note of positivity, like I said at the beginning of the show, everybody has <clears throat> felt a collective sense of, of grief and unrest and questioning old patterns. And as you said, we're speeding so quickly into the future and so many new things are constantly being thrown at us that I feel like we have this unease about ourselves. So is there a year in the near future <laughs> where, or a period in time either, where you think that all of this change will manifest into a peaceful earth that's settling back down into a calmer time. And if so, when is that? Oh, I feel like it'll be between the years 2024 and 2025. Absolutely. Because there's going to be a lot of inflow of air energy. And I know it's hard to, for me to explain, but Uranus will be in Gemini by around that time, 2025 to 2026. So it's like in the last degrees of Taurus. And also Pluto will officially be in Aquarius around that time. So there'll be lots of air. So it's like an indicator of us becoming more interconnected with other people, hmm. communicating more. We're not so buried in the earth anymore. Like we're like, we're just stating, like we're just stating we're in the chrysalis stage. It's just like that moment where we need to go through deep review as to what is truly in alignment with us. Hmm. How will we be using this information moving forward to benefit mankind? That will be once the airflow comes in, which is Uranus and Pluto that comes into play. And okay. Jupiter will follow through as well at, the, at that time as you know. So it would be really wonderful. So now it's like the it's it's like a little heavy, but I feel like this year entirely will be actually great because we'll have a taste of Pluto going into Aquarius from um from March until November. So we'll have a good taste as to what Pluto will be offering us. I know I keep talking about Pluto because I work with Pluto closely, but also America's birth charts going through that uh, Pluto transit, you know? So there is hope for us that it's, we're not going to feel in this constant state of turmoil for, for too much longer. No, I don't feel that way. So like Pluto will be in Aquarius, like from March all the way into June, and then it will go back into Capricorn. So it's just like the last wave of like, Eh, like heaviness <laughs> for the next few months. But I would say like, it's not going to be, um, it's not going to be so dense, not as mm -hmm. much more. In fact, things will be a little too fast. So it's best to really take this time and really regenerate ourselves and appreciate kind of the earthiness that we have right now, because it will yeah. be really swift. Like time will not even be measured as effectively anymore. I hope that makes sense to you with what I'm saying. Does that mean just like life speeds by? Because that's what it feels like right now. Like the speed of light. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I'm not ready. Um, okay, Lumi, you're the best. I look forward to this episode all year. And I'm so so much awe of your ability to help us all understand things better. So thank you for your time. Please tell us. Um, you just told us a couple options we have to work with you. Obviously, the one-on-one -on -one is always an option. And you can do that remotely or in person. But I think what a lot of people don't realize is that you do like parties, you travel and go to company parties for people, or like you just said, you even work specifically for people's business needs. So tell us all the different ways that we can work with you. Yeah. I mean, you could work with me for birth chart readings. Like that's like personal, like one-on-one -on -one sessions. You can even work with couples. Like I, I work with couples, like in terms of synastry, 
it's like compatibility. So if you're going through like any relationship um, mishaps or miscommunications, you could definitely find that within the um, synastry readings. Then there's also electional astrology where we could pick a wedding day for you. or We could pick like a business launch day or anything or book launch, anything involving those kind of um, areas in which you want extra support in your goals. And also there's even really fun reading. I think I did one for you, Sony, last year, but it was the, the solar return. It's yes. the birthday reading. So, so fun. it's so fun. It's incredible how accurate it could be in terms of like having you receive full support into your endeavors. So solar return is like you actually picking a, a place in the world that will help best support your, your birthday birth chart. So it's really, it's really incredible to have that done because the odds could be in your, <laughs> your favor when you work with that. So if you, ever- yeah. So that's for like, when you want to just have a, a- the special moment, like it helps you pick like what, like when and where to do it? Or like, what do you, yeah. what do you get out of it? So if you want to get like a relationship boost, or if you want like to attract a relationship in your life, um, you could find a specific area in the world where there's your, like your Venus line. And yeah, it's so fun. I love it anyway. So it will help support you in terms of attracting a better outcome with your dating life wow. or communication, your relationship. You could do that too. Like you like you find a geographical location and you like book a trip there with your spouse. Yes. Yeah, it's so fun. Relocation. It's so incredible. I love doing that. I also have um like there's also other readings that I do when it comes to um like understanding your own soul level, like karmically, like uh, karmic astrology. That's what the nodes coming into play. Mm-hmm. Those are one of the most uh, groundbreaking readings you can ever receive when you're doing it for yourself. So yeah, it, it, there's so many different outlets of like astrology and you can really um, you can really tap into lots of avenues of awakening some parts of you that you haven't seen before. So I just wanted to say that. And um, I did I miss anything? I don't think I did. I don't think we did. I think we covered it all. And I mean, guys, we have the website up on the bottom, but it's lumipalinku.com. L-U-M-I-P-E-L-I-N-K-U. So make sure you check her out there. She is on Instagram under the same name. And you just um, are always bringing such value and like good information to people on social media. So you're a great follow. I love it. Thank you so much, Sony. Let me thank you for coming on and thank you guys for watching and or listening. I hope that this was as valuable and fun to you as it was to me. Um, It's just so cool to um, understand the world without and the world within. So a huge thank you to Lumi. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of We Gotta Talk. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe and follow along on Instagram at Sunny Abata, S-O-N-N-I-A-B-A-T-T-A. All of the latest blog posts are at wegotatalk.com slash blog. 